Welcome to the Green Divas Radio Show. You're on with Green Diva Meg. And Green Diva Lynn. And you know, somebody said to me this week, gee, I can't believe you guys are in different, you know, studios that that Mm -hmm. we're not both sitting together. So yay for us. The virtual (laughs) world. It's so amazing. The amazing virtual world. Well, we are, you were really busy. You had fun this weekend. You got to be on the Mike Novak Show. I know. That was a... That was really a blast, and I'll be sure to share the uh, the link to the segment when it's available. And I think he's going to be coming on to our show soon. That is going yes, to be in October. Very he's fun. Really a fun guy. He he calls himself kind of curmudgeonly, uh-huh. um, but I I just had a blast. We like green green dude curmudgeons. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, gotta have that edge. Gotta have the edge. So then Climate Week is coming, and mm-hmm. we did get to talk. I'm just going to jump around a little bit, but we did get to talk to Andrew Winston, who's an author and uh, sort of sustainable business guru and consultant. And he's all about we, – we had a nice chat about what's coming up with Climate Week and what it means for business leaders and governmental leaders – uh, and the Climate March, of course, is on the 21st. Yeah. And, of course, the People's Climate March, biggest like climate march in history, and we will be on an airplane. <laughs> Ooh. It's just bizarre. You know what I mean? Like this is. I know. Uh, the timing couldn't have been more Yeah. perfect yet imperfect. I know. And it's not like we were going to say, uh, okay, we're not going to go to Hawaii. Right. Sorry. Sorry, climate history. We're headed to Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and, boy, we will be some well-appointed green divas, aren't we going to be? Yeah. I can't wait to show off some of this stuff. We've got some fabulous sponsors who have um, given us a co- you know items of their, their – I don't know. Lynn, you describe it. I'm losing words here. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> no, we've got um, everything from yoga gear and underwear. Oh, gosh. The swimwear. underwear. Can I just say that the underwear has these beautiful silk strips? I mean, they're just so luscious. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't get that. You didn't get that? I'm going to have to see what yours look like. Oh, I'll take a picture. Uh, and we have some superfood. We have so we have threads for thought. Anu footwear. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to check out. I love, well, what Green Diva doesn't love shoes? Right. And Anu I, makes these beautiful. I can't have, can't have too many shoes. And didn't we, did we, did we get some, they're sort of like hiking, active, you know, mm-hmm. outdoorsy, active shoes? Yes. Because we're going to be doing like zip lining and checking Climbing out volcanoes. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be a little bit nerve wracking and fun. Um, um, a lot of bit nerve wracking. Yes. Uh, Brooke there, that's the underwear source. They have um, cool silk lingerie as well. Oh, my gosh. Um, Koru swimwear. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but um, I'll be sporting a little swimming outfit. 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll wear it the whole time. And I'll be taking pictures of you in that, but me, <laughs> no, not so much. And, uh, and shining got, Shakti. Oh, my gosh. The most to get that stuff. groovy yoga, because yo- that's the other thing. We're going to be doing yoga pretty much everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Right, and these are tie-dyed, which oh, is why they're so groovy. So groovy, um, organic tie-dyed, yeah. like happy pants. And the Boku Superfood Superfood will be uh, what we use in our in, in our smoothing smoothing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be doing a we're smoothing. smoothing. That's so <laughs> For funny. Our smoothie and juicing workshop. Yeah, that'll be one of the ingredients in the smoothies. Well, Boku we Boku is like this really meticulously clean and um, uh, awesome protein. They do proteins, and that's what we're going to be using the protein. Um, mm-hmm. But they have a bunch of different things, they, the powders that they make for superfoods, but we'll be particularly using the protein in our smoothies because they work to, to make sure it's GMO-free, it's organic, I mean, and like arsenic levels are down, mercury levels are down because sometimes now even this rice-based proteins have stuff in them, whatever. So I'm going on and on about that, but I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. Well, we are foodies, so we are. I can't help we're a bit it. obsessed with food we're obsessed. and nutrition. So let's see what we have on the show today for you people, for your listening pleasure. <laughs> I already mentioned roll, please. Green Dude Andrew Winston, who we've had on before. He's so charming and so articulate and um, a really good, how do I put it? A really good uh, bridge for us to hear more about the business side and what's happening in the corporate world. Um, that that really is encouraging, actually. Yeah, we can and we can use encouraging news. Uh, encouraging is always good. We got Doctor Blythe Metz, who does um, five minute meals. She's doing a foodie file on five minute healthy meals and she's primarily a raw foodie but i don't think these are necessarily raw food they're just delicious and healthy and my lunch today was less than five minutes because i opened up a box of organic black bean soup that i had gotten from (laughs) an organic store and i just spooned it right out and ate it cold i was in a hurry well there you go see less than mindful eating well but you know you do the best you can that's what makes us green divas Exactly. Then we got, uh, oh, we have another um, wildlife segment, Green Diva's Heart Wildlife. And Queen of Green, David Suzuki's Queen of Green, Lindsay Coulter, is going to talk about snakes in the garden and around our house. Because this time of year, they do kind of want to get warmer. And they help. They help the garden. Well, they do. And so it's actually an interesting segment. We are going to do a gardening piece, speaking of gardening, from our friends Joey and Holly Baird, the Wisconsin Vegetable Gardeners, about some kind of creative ideas on what to do with extra produce that you're harvesting right now. And I'm and eat- those are fantastic mini-segments. Oh, my gosh. And I'm eating a lot of tomatoes, just in case anybody cares. Mm. Now, we have a leash. I care. Uh, yeah, I, thank you. <laughs> our feature is with Alicia Reiner, beautiful actress who is in Orange is the New Black. And she's very dedicated to living healthy and green and helping get the word out. Um, So there you go. Now, I want everybody to go check out our fabulous sponsor, buygreen.com. 
And you can even do that while you're listening to the show, man. I mean, you know, go shopping because there's all kinds of cool stuff there. Go to thegreendivas.com. Go to the marketplace. Go through the Green Divas, and you will get a special Green Diva discount. What Best else? Way to shop. Uh, Stitcher. Quick shout out to um, Stitcher. We have our show on Stitcher, which is a fabulous app for listening. Go there, check us out, and please rate the show. Well, of course, give us a good rating and a little review, and we would certainly appreciate that. But Stitcher is a great app, and we appreciate it. Right on. All right. I've been saying right on a lot. Yeah, that's my fault. I'm sorry. Oh. So why don't we say party on? No, listen. Party on. Stay tuned, folks. Lots coming up. Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. Hello, everyone. I am so happy today to be talking again to the wonderful Mr. Andrew Winston, who's an author of The Big Pivot and several books that you all should have in your libraries. And I'll have him tell us what else they are. He's um, the founder of Winston Eco Strategies, and he's really, I don't know, I think for me, he's one of the people I look to to help um, help me understand what's going on in the business world when it comes to sustainability and policy and uh, the changes and shifts that are going on in that culture, and I think he's helping sh- make that change. So, hello, Andrew. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm good, and I'm looking forward to a time when we can get you to the studio. And uh, in the meantime, I, I'm happy to have you on the phone. It's good to be here virtually. <laughs> virtually on the phone. So there's a lot coming up this coming week, and so I think we were going to talk a bit about what's coming up for Climate Week and uh, yeah. you know, your perspective on it, which is a little different than what we normally are talking about. So... So, DISH. Yeah, so, uh, you know, a couple weeks uh, is, you know, kind of unofficially Climate Week. There's been a few groups that I guess have have called it that and built up, uh, you know, a set of events around around the week starting the the 22nd. Um, The Climate Group is an NGO, and they I think they probably dubbed it Climate Week. Right. And they kind of launch it, and and there's events at the U.N., and there's just kind of gatherings, and it, it overlaps with the Clinton Global Initiatives, and there's kind of always this, this um, meeting of minds, you know. And so the second day of the week, on, on Tuesday the 23rd, uh, the U.N., Ban Ki-moon, is, the Secretary General, is, has been calling for this summit of world leaders and CEOs to come and talk about climate change and how business can, can play a role in solving, um, solving the problem. So, uh, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm, I'm looking and hoping for some big announcements, some big commitments Right. Um, companies, you know, doing more than just talking. And it's, it's unusual because there's the annual meeting of the policymakers around the world, which has kind of gone nowhere. But it's unusual to try to just bring together CEOs and say, you know, what can business do together? So, so do I think we, it's, it's hopefully exciting. Do we know who's going? Like, is Jeff E. Melt going? I mean, who, who's, who's going to this thing? Do we know? You know, nobody, I, it's, I'm, <laughs> to be honest, nobody really knows. And, yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm involved with some groups that are involved in the week, and I'm trying to you know, I'm inviting some CEOs and clients and, and trying to get some there and trying to um, get some companies to make some commitments. There's a, there's a group that I'm on the steering committee for called RE100, which stands for Renewable Energy 100, 
um, which is run by the Climate Group and some others, and is you know trying to get companies to commit to 100% renewable energy at, at some point in the near future. Um, and we're trying to get companies to commit that week and kind of make a big, big splash. And there's a few that already have in the past, and a few yeah. that are kind of there without making a big deal out of it, but are but are kind of doing it anyways. Like yeah. some big tech companies like like Apple and Microsoft and yeah. and others basically already get 100% of their energy from renewables. But we're trying to make it you know to show that there's movement, you know, show that there's a commitment of really big companies. Um, I think that would help kind of mobilize people. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Uh, and even companies like Walmart, I mean, you know, say what you will about Walmart, but aren't they making some effort? They are making, well, on, on renewables in particular, and there's, we could have a, I, think, I think last time we spoke we might have talked about Walmart. I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons, <laughs> and we can have some very good debates yeah. about, yeah. you know, is Walmart green? Um, but from the perspective of renewable energy, they do buy more than anybody else in the country. Um, and sometimes that's not saying much because they buy more of everything right, right, right. Um, than anybody. But, but, you know, in this case, it really does say something because most companies aren't buying very much. Right. Um, and they, you know, besides the military, they buy more than anybody. And they get about 24%, I think, of their energy from, in the stores from renewables. And, and some of that's just on the grid. They're plugged into the grid in Texas, and there's wind power, you know. Yeah. But there's a chunk of that that's their own power that's you know that they're generating themselves on stores with huge solar arrays and they've they've you know pursued this very aggressively and um you know some say they get too much credit but i think it's it's impressive you know they've helped they've helped make the market kind of um, right more standard and, and and build the market up for this so that it's easier for other companies to see how doable this is and by the way they don't spend any in case you think it's all you know philanthropic they don't actually spend any extra money Right, doing it, they are they are paying the same or less for their power than they would normally. Right, that's that's kind of the, the big, you know, not even secret. Well, some of it's of you deal. know generated by an economic decision, like it's actually economically sound. It is. Right. No, I mean that's what's going yeah. on with Apple and 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 with Microsoft and, and 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 others is these are economic decisions really. So, um, you know, it, it, there's 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 this way you can buy solar power that most companies do, which is using called a power purchase agreement right. where you just lease your roof and you pay the, the solar provider for the power like you would your utility. They don't own the panels. Walmart doesn't own it. Right. Um, they just pay for the power, and they're paying the same or less. And that's a pretty great deal, right? And, and, and if anything, every company that isn't doing as much as, as these leaders is, is missing out. Yes, exactly. So far, nobody's really spending extra to do it, um, yeah. except for a few. You know, a few are doing it kind of on a deeper principle, like, you know, Ikea or, or something like that. You know where they they are buying the panels themselves and kind of spending a little extra money on it, but mm-hmm. you know th- there's a big myth that that renewable energy is expensive. It's just not really true anymore. No. So there's this incredible opportunity. You know, there's a lot of optimism. I think. And speaking, uh, yeah, and I wish I had actually taken more closely note of an article I saw. I think Andrew Revkin shared it yesterday on Facebook about that there is hope. We can actually be you know as a, as a culture 100% renewable at some yeah. point it's 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 now in the foreseeable future it is possible i think you know 10 yeah, it's not a pipe dream right 10 years ago people would be like eh, it's not going to happen I'm like well actually it could <laughs> no it's it's absolutely going it's going to happen the economics are getting better the the logic because of climate change is getting clearer so we will see this um, i think in our lifetime, yeah, it's going to take a while, but we're talking about a huge. It's a huge transition, right? Yeah, of there was course. A, a grid and a infrastructure that was built over a hundred years 
more than 100 years, so it's yeah. not going to get replaced immediately. Right. Um, but it is going to happen, and we're going to have the technologies we need. We have a lot of them already. We, we need some advancements in things like storage, so yeah. you can you know, have the wind blow at night and then store the energy, but that's coming. Yeah. There's real investment going on now. So, uh, well, you know, again, I'm optimistic. Yeah, and I like that. Now, so you mentioned the military. Um, what yeah. do you know about the military's use of renewable energies? I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. No, I, uh, I, I don't, you know, they, it, it's kind of a surprise, and it's something a lot of people, you know, a lot of people outside the green space probably don't really realize is how far and fast the military's gone and how much they've made it part of their mission to move away from fossil fuels. And, and the Navy, probably more than any others, um, they have um, ships that run on, um, you know, kind of like, they have, they have a couple ships that are like uh, a Toyota Prius, they're hybrids. And they've got, you know, batteries that take them up to 10 knots. Um, they've got forward operating bases, marine bases that, that are just operating on solar. They've got these portable packs for solar power that a platoon can, can go out on, on missions and I think carry something like 600 pounds less right. stuff because they don't right. need batteries and they, and they can power up their devices. Because yeah. the, the thing about where we've been fighting is it's pretty hot and, and sunny. And sandy. Um, and, and sandy, but... You know, so there's there's this mission to it. They're saving lives because the military figured out, year, you know, a number of years ago now that the they were getting attacked on convoys. You know, people delivering mainly fuel and also water. You know, delivering diesel fuel to bases yeah, were yeah. getting attacked, and they were losing soldiers. So this is for them. This is lives, but it's also their mission. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, having this huge weakness of relying on a supply chain of of oil and diesel is is a huge problem for them. Well, yeah, um, between the, the, vo- you know, the volume... the Navy realizes... Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, between the volume and the, you know, the expense and the, the transportation, how, how more self-contained and stealth they yep. can be moving, right? Well, yeah, and, and, and I think... And the Navy has they've said some funny things. There's been some quotes from some top guys, you know, about climate change where they said, you know, our bases tend to be at sea level, um, you know, which is kind of oh, a, a humorous... Yeah. A humorous way of saying they notice sea level rise. Yeah. And so I, I think they see they see that this is they, for years now the Pentagon has called climate change a threat multiplier. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of ironic because in D.C. there's this you know quote debate and you've got you yeah. know this divide by party on whether they think climate change is happening. But you know down the street at the Pentagon they're not, they haven't been debating this for years. Well, and um, the, the irony is is it. the the cons- it tends to be and I'm not trying to really you know stereotype but it does tend to be the conservatives uh that and generally they're hawks that um don't believe or want to argue against climate change and yet their their very own um you know military. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh no, no. It's, it's a strange No, I mean that's not playing partisan politics that's you know that's just fact that on the right they've been kind of more in the denial camp on, on this and, and kind of angry about um, the move the military has made um, to, to try to get off of fossil fuels. And, and there's been pressure on the military to not do some of the things they're doing, like buying biofuels for, for planes. Yeah. Um, so it's been, a, you know, it's, been, it's been an interesting time. The military's moving ahead pretty quickly and yeah. doing much more than people realize. The biggest solar arrays in the country have been at you know, Air Force bases and things like that. And I think... You know, there's some companies now catching up, but, you know, the military's been ahead, as they are on technologies usually, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah, well, and so there's even more emphasis on optimism because, you know, if the military is investing in it, um, seriously, you know, come on, people, catch up. (laughs) 
absolutely. So what else um, were we going to talk about relating to this upcoming climate weekend? Unfortunately, are you going to be in New York for the big climate march, the People's Climate March on the 21st? Yeah, I'm planning. I'm planning to go. Um, I'd like to go on Sunday. I'm going to see. I, I've seen very little information about like what the schedule is or how they're handling it or, you know, even where. But um, yeah. but I, yeah, I would like to go and maybe bring my kids and, and go to some of it. You know, I think there's there's a lot going on that week. I'm going yes. to be at meetings for part of that week in New York and then and then elsewhere. But um, there's just you know it's a gathering place for for people to talk about this. And and, the, and what's you know again what's different this time is there really is a focus on business. Um, and I think that's smart. I think we need business behind behind all of this movement in a very real way or the policy isn't going to happen well you yeah know, we're, you know, we're not going to get there in, in washington unless business makes a you know a very clear statement so that again it's it's this this optimism that that people are coming out of the shadows of you know is it real is it not real yes it's real and and there are economic impacts on your bottom yeah. line that are coming down the pike because of climate change and i think people we talked to Catherine hayhoe um last week we haven't published that yet but um or you know it hasn't aired yet but she talked a lot about part of what she is doing is actually talking to companies who want to project you know the impact and what what the differences in their business is going to be based on climate change whether it's sea level rises or um, yep. actual temperature changes and weather issues um, so she's very encouraged because there are more and more you know companies calling on people like her scientists to help them project what you know what the impact will be on their business that's right and that's so, yeah I mean one of my clients a, a big consumer products company they've they've mapped out now um, you know all their facilities and the best estimates on you know pers- you know on rainfall and drought um, and storms and and to see where they're vulnerable, to see, you know, where they're vulnerable, you know, or where would, where, which facilities would be best for putting up renewables and right. and would, you know, give them the best bang for the buck. And, and I think, you know, this is a smart way to, to think about your business, that there's there's increasing volatility. I mean, look what's going on in Arizona right now with these floods and, yeah. um, you know, the extreme nature of the things that are happening yeah. uh, is, you know, is if you put on your business hat, just means, you know, business gets disrupted, assets get destroyed. Um, you know, not to mention it's pretty hard for people to, you know, buy stuff if they're flooded. You know, just it, it just changes the whole market wherever there's extreme extreme weather. Right. And, so, I, and I know that you, you, know, you do consulting. I don't know if it's the same or similar. I'm sure there's overlap with, with what she, she's doing. But, um, you know, like after, after Sandy here, just even – you know, my husband has a small business. It's it's it's, and ironically, he's in um, emergency power generation. Uh, yep. But his business was shut down because there was no power. <laughs> That's ironic. It's very painfully ironic. Um, but he doesn't do like he does really huge. He works in New York City primarily in this you know industrial commercial sites. Um, so you know he doesn't have these small generators. Anyway, but but he felt an impact. I mean, his business was just stalled for seven solid days. And, yep. of course, then he became very busy afterwards. Um, but, but, you know, I just think of all the, all the mom and pops, the small, you know, local businesses that were really devastated, aside from the potential flooding, which some of them endured, or, um, 
you know, serious damage from trees. Uh, I mean, the economic impact was in my in my small community. We're not even a shore community, and it was pretty yep. devastating. I mean, we lost two cars that day um, because one oh. tree came down and took out two cars, and uh, you know, and and so, and that's just you know, I can't even calculate what it would be like for some of these larger businesses or uh, communities that really you know lost buildings and people, you know. Uh, That's right, and that apparently was a precursor to you know we like we can look forward to more of that I suppose. Well, I think there will be, and, and at least again, people are, are kind of waking up to the need to plan and to to adapt and to be aware of this volatility. I mean, New Jersey, in, you know, just recently announced a um, resilience fund or resilience bank yeah. that's going to help like a billion dollars to help fund. Um, distributed power and to have renewable energy and to have backup power, you know, at, at critical places like wastewater treatment, you know. It's bad enough when a storm knocks things out, but when you start having sewage problems, yeah. know, it, it gets it's, ugly. It's um, ugly. And it gets, and it gets dangerous, right? It's a health crisis. And, and so, you know, they're, they're kind of realizing we need more resilience. This is, a, this is a big topic. And, you know, but this is all kind of the risk side. There's also this in, incredible upside for, for businesses to, you know, embrace the fact that, changes are coming and try to help the world deal with it and and avoid it you know like help help their customers reduce their impacts yeah um, i think these are these are huge opportunities well um, and, and certainly and, and there's you know amazing business opportunities here well and i was going to say um certainly my husband is benefiting and his business is is incredibly busy um busier yeah. than they've been in the last 10 years um and Part of what they did, they, they, in fact, one of the hospitals that was flooded out in New York, and I can't remember which one, obviously it was near the water, um, they actually moved the entire uh, generator system up a floor or two, which is no small feat, yep. by the way. Um, yeah, a lot of companies are doing that. You know, and they are. I, I, yeah. So, you know, that's to. these are the things that, you know, we, we adapt, we adapt. Um, yeah. But I appreciate what you're doing to help businesses really get on board and understand that um, while it is an economic benefit for them to do this, it's um, well, you know, it's good for everybody. <laughs> it really is. Right. Well, it's funny. I mean, that people act, you know, in business. There's always, I don't know, been this sense that somehow those things are at odds. That you know, if it makes money, then it can't be good for everybody, and if it if it's good for everybody, then it must not make money, and <laughs> and and that's just increase. That's increasingly ridiculous, yeah. and and you know, in a world where everything's so connected, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of a silly view. But I, you know, I I, I struggle and, and fight that uphill battle with companies all the time. They'll say, yeah. well, we can't, you know, worry about this because you know we're a public company and we you know we have shareholders, and as if any of this is against shareholders, as if shareholders don't care. If they actually knew yeah. what was going on, would would want you. To be completely unprepared for the world, or to not sell products that people need, or you know, yeah. or to not cut your energy use. I mean, there's there's so many benefits to all this yeah. that, that it's kind of amazing that we have to consistently prove the point. Um, yeah, there's just this sense that that green stuff must equal philanthropy, and it really is, I think, a very dated, <laughs> expensive, a very philanthropy. dated yeah. view. It is. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's always expensive. It's always philanthropy, and it's such a strange view in a world of, you know, more and more expensive resources. You know, energy is is expensive, and you know it, it's just better business to be operating yeah. in this way. So, you know, I think I think we're, we're seeing a, a wake up happening in, in business, and I think this meeting in in um, in, in New York should should help. I think yeah. we're going to see. Well, you know, 
I will the movement. I will miss you on the 21st because sadly Lynn and I are going to be headed to Hawaii that day. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Isn't that awful? I know. And so I bad for you. But just so you know, we are buying carbon offsets because it's it's a pretty big carbon hit to fly to Hawaii. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Uh, but we are going to be green divas in Hawaii. So, I, right. but but I'm like the timing is crazy because we really really wanted to participate, and um, so we'll we'll have to um, catch up with everybody when we get back. In the meantime, uh, Andrew, tell us how people can find out more about you and your books. Yeah, it's 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 pretty simple. I mean, I, my books are on Amazon. My first book was Green to Gold. A lot of people are you know familiar with that one. It sold you know over a hundred thousand copies and. Still, still selling. I had a book called Green Recovery during the recession, and now the Big Pivot, which I think right. the best thing I've done, and I think kind of really pushing the boundaries. That's that's what I hope to be doing. Um, and you can you can find me at andrewwinston.com or Twitter at you know Andrew Winston. It's all pretty simple, pretty simple branding. Well, <laughs> I always um, love chatting with you, and I appreciate your perspective and the work that you're doing. And uh, have fun with your kids on the 21st, and then maybe you'll well, report. You'll come back and tell us like kind of sum up what what happened hopefully there'll be some even more good news i hope so we can we can talk again all right thanks andrew want more information on this green dude segment and other ideas for low stress green living go to thegreendivas.com that's t-h-e greendivas.com The Green Divas love food. Organic, local, fresh, whole, delicious food. Here now is another Green Diva foodie file. Oh, happy day. We get a chance to finally catch up with Dr. Blythe Metz, who's the founder of Blythe Natural Living. And I've been hearing and seeing uh, Dr. Metz's stuff her wonderful, wonderful content about healthy living for a long time. Hi, Blythe. Hi there, Megan. It's so nice to be on. Yay! So you have such a good time helping share ideas for healthy living through, I know you did a raw foodie show for a while. Mm -hmm. I did, yes. And, you know, in general, you're, you're helping us understand how, you know, we can eat and live healthier. So I think today, and you still, I just want to mention that you do have um, a Hulu series right now? Yes, Blythe Natural Living. Yep. And you can also find it on YouTube as well. And Blythe is adorable and a lot of fun and uh, and a lot of great information and delicious recipes. So <laughs> thank you. So tell us what, you know, today I think we're going to talk about, you know, like, Five-minute, really easy, delicious plant-based meals that we can we can give ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. We got to make it. I mean, our culture. How fast-paced is our culture now? And we need yeah. nu- nutrient-dense foods, and we need it quick, and we need it easy, and that is possible. So many people tell me they're like, "Oh, I just don't have time to eat healthy," or you know, eating healthy is so expensive. Or and it's really not true. Those are just myths. It's just a matter of you know, learning some techniques, right? learning some techniques and some habits, some new habits. I mean, food is so habitual, right? We kind of like eat what we kind of grew up eating or, you know, we, yeah. we find like one or two recipes and we kind of keep making it. So 
I encourage people to, um, you know, branch out, find some new staples. And so that's what I'm all about, teaching people new, quick and easy five-minute staples. And and it's funny because I, I really wasn't, Sure, because I always, you know, I, I look and then I forget and then I look again on what we're doing. And I had just made a five-minute meal <laughs> out of an avocado because that's one of the staples I keep in my house because I can do – you can do a lot with it, whether, you know, whatever. And then I will take time later to have a healthy veggie juice, but that's a whole different story. Well, and I like what you said we were talking before about your five-minute meal, turning your avocado into a beautiful guacamole. And I like what you said about, you know, you just use what you have. And that's what I really try to teach people is it doesn't have to be so regimented with these recipes and a quarter teaspoon of this. And, you know, it's kind of like let's just have fun with food and throw together what you have, you know, put in something salty, put in something sweet and, and mix it up. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what, and you help help us understand, and that's how I do it, is like the basis of certain recipes is just sort of a formula. Like you have a look, something, like you said, something salty, something sweet, or whatever the the formula is, um, like for guacamole, you know what I mean? Like uh, I didn't have right. fresh red onion, but eh, I had some of this, some of that, some uh, smoked garlic. I thought, oh, that'll be good. Oh, absolutely. I, that's a, you know, recipe formula is how I framework what I teach a lot of the times. It's like this is a recipe formula. Substitute whatever herb you have. Substitute whatever grain you have. Um, so, yeah. One of, one of my favorite things is cucumber bruschetta because, Ooh. you know, a lot of us want to be, like, more gluten-free now or maybe just not eat as much bread. Um, so something as simple as dicing up some tomatoes and adding – sunflower seeds or hemp seeds or flax seeds to it with some garlic, a little bit of whatever oil, you know, it could be olive oil, maybe avocado oil, sesame mm. oil, a little bit of sea salt. You know, don't be afraid of sea salt, friends. It's like, you know, people tell me all the time, oh, my doctor told me not to have salt. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's the iodized salt you're talking about. The good, good, good sea salt is yep. very high in minerals and our bones need that. So yep. don't be afraid to put a little sea salt on there. And then you cut thick cucumber slices. Huh. And you top it with this, you know, tomato, seed, garlicky, yummy mixture. Ooh. And you eat it like bruschetta. <gasps> oh, I have to try that. And I happen to have, you know, to, uh, cucumbers down there. Mm, cucumbers are so cooling. Yeah. And they're so nourishing. Yeah. And you know what? A blender can be such a great investment for oh, yeah. these healthy meals. Because yeah. you can make soups in there. I make a tomato, basil, hemp seed soup. And a red pepper soup in there, a carrot ginger soup, and really, you know, when you're making living soups, you know, I personally don't like cold soups. I'm not like a cold soup person. Right. But when you um, when you blend it up, particularly in a Vitamix, you can make it slightly warm. You know. Right. Right. It's like, it's like a room temp soup. Yeah. Um, not a cold soup. And formulas there are, you know, a couple vegetables, you know, a couple herbs, water, and a seed. You know, if you add a hemp seed, right. you know, like a, a quarter cup of hemp seeds or sunflower seeds, that'll make it creamy yeah. and give you the protein. Um, it's tasty, really tasty. Wow, I love and it. You can yeah. make in a blender and you can make breakfast, you know, shakes and smoothies in a blender. It's a good tool to have. To yeah, see, I, I recommend that every Green Diva kitchen has to have a really good blender and a good yeah. juicer. Absolutely. And, like, you can really do an awful lot. And if I'm trying to get my hands on a good dehydrator, that's my next gig. 
Oh, I love a good dehydrator, absolutely, because <laughs> you can make great snacks in there. The kale chips, right? You can do so much of it, yeah. And you can use I can use my oven, but it does just take a long time, and then your you know kitchen's kind of. But uh, the thing with the dehydrators is that I don't want one with all the plastic. I really want like a stainless steel one, and you know, mm-hmm. it's not Sedona. That... Have you heard of Sedona dehydrators? No, they're really nice glass and stainless steel oh i'm gonna reach out to them yeah yeah they're really beautiful oh i could talk food fun all day with you (laughs) me too so i think you've told us a couple of general ideas he's pretty specific about the cucumber bruschetta which by the way i'm going to try this afternoon um but I think you can also do a post for us with some recipes, and people can obviously always go to your website, which is? Uh, LifeNaturalLiving.com. Okay. Also, Healthy Recipes in 5 with the number 5, HealthyRecipesIn5.com. Oh, what a great idea. Well, I really thank you for talking a little bit today, and I'm assuming and hoping that we'll be able to get you back for this particular segment, like a hundred times, because we could talk Absolutely. forever. Yes. Thank you Absolutely. so much, Blythe. Thank you, Megan. Hope you're hungry. For more easy and delicious recipes and even more foodie information, go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Green Divas Heart Wildlife. Who can resist all those videos and images of adorable baby animals? But sometimes these adorable creatures really need our help. Let's celebrate wild animals, learn about them, and do what we can to help them. Ooh, this will be an interesting one. Another, um... Another talk about wildlife with Lindsay Coulter, who is David Suzuki's Queen of Green. Hi, Lindsay. Hi there. And I'm really excited that she's helping us kick off this wildlife series because there is so much to talk about. And today's kind of an interesting one. Do tell. Okay. Well, you're going to be, uh, most people are kind of shocked when I make this suggestion, but (laughs) it's really about how to attract snakes in your backyard garden. Oh, goody. Yes. Well, tell us why. I know know it's important, even though I'm cringing. So it's not just about uh, loving wildlife and, you know, giving them a home, but it actually has many benefits to us as as homeowners and gardeners. So um, lucky for us, I know here in Canada, where I live, we've got about 25 different species of snake, and most of them are shy, which right. is great. Right. So there's really not, unless you live in places like Australia, you might not want to be encouraging, uh, you know, the venom, they have venomous snakes to <laughs> yeah. deal with. That's pretty rare here in North America. Yeah. Um, but what they can do in your garden, if you haven't already witnessed this, is um, they control things like slugs and, and mice. So you can enlist the help of snakes to improve your garden you know, bounty. Oh, well, wait a minute. I like this because um, mice, God bless them, are, you know, they're attracted to these old houses because they can get in and get warm in the winter. And the the snakes don't particularly want to come in the house, right? Yeah, the, the snakes, well, this is the thing. We're going to, uh, through encouraging them to specific places within, oh, okay. within the garden. So, um, some, you can provide, let's say, sun bathing areas. So because they are a cold-blooded critter, they need to raise their 
body temperature body temperature to right. digest their food. Got so it. this can be just like um, putting out uh, rocks, basking rocks. Um, they really like things like uh, rock walls and brush piles, um, uh, you know, and especially when they're not huge open areas, so ways that they can hide from their predators. Right, so they feel um, safe, yeah. Yeah, and simple things to do if you have big lawns that you mow. Uh, one simple step that you could do so that you don't kill any snakes unnecessarily is just to go with a big stick through your, your yard or garden, um, your lawn, before you mow and just kind of swath it through to make sure you stir up any snakes so they have a chance to um, to escape. Yeah, and, right, move um, along, move along. Exactly, yeah. And so you don't maybe surprise yourself as well. <laughs> and um, you can provide, yeah, the hiding hiding spots and giving them shelter from things like hawks and crows and raccoons and, and other predators. And that, again, might be rocks and brush piles and just patches of shrubs. Um, and then you might even have, depending on, so this is not for people, you know, in major cities. This is going to be more people um, that are in the suburbs or on the fringe of, you know, urban and agricultural um areas right, that uh, right. you might get uh, because, of course, they need uh, places away from asphalt and big city living. But you'll find things like many garter snake species um, that can live in, 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 you know, cohabit with us, just like uh, other things like coyotes and raccoons. Right, and right. Well, I know we had this beautiful snake. It sadly got run over outside our house, right? But it was the most brilliant green underneath. And it had these little stripes on it. I'm, I'm sure, it, it, I think I looked it up and it was a you know, pretty common, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not harmful snake. Uh, but it was very pretty. And I thought, oh, that's so sad. It got run over. Yeah. And that's, you know, roads can be really hot, you know, nice, warm. Right. So it's like, yeah, basking. Well. and um, yeah. So it can be kind of desirable. And there might be other places where they can't cross to the other, you know, habitat or hunting grounds on the other side. So that those can be some barriers to them. So um, when you are in your garden, you want to carefully, when you're moving objects like stones and slate and things like that, just be careful because you might find if you know that you already live in sort of snake habitat. Mm-hmm. Um, another way if you want to encourage them and be nicer to snakes is avoid things like slug bait. Um, it's mm. not only harmful to snakes, but also other wildlife and children and pets. That like diatomaceous earth or one, those things? Uh, diatomaceous earth, I'm not sure how that impacts them, but okay. things I'm picturing like from the hardware store, yeah. gardening store that you might buy that has, you know, corrosive skulls and oh. warnings on it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's probably a little bit uh, harsh for things like our snake snake friends or snake and friends. um you know what if you if you would rather not have snakes you can kind of just do the opposite to these tips and not provide uh shelter and rocky areas and things like that if if you are more well to and, and if you want to make sure that they don't decide like gee your house looks really nice for the winter you know make sure you make these places perhaps a little further Outdoors. away from the house that's yeah yeah right? yeah that's correct it's the same sort of idea when we talk about uh, you know feeding birds and people complain about squirrels wreaking havoc and so we often suggest well why don't you provide something for the squirrels and then they'll leave the bird food alone. right alone. exactly Sometimes you have to make more friends that way yeah why not why not the squirrel deserves a little corn treat too yeah oh well this is a great one and i'm so glad you're um helping us expand and talk more about our wildlife 
friends. Thank you so much, Lindsay. And again, people can go to queengreen.ca, and hopefully by the time this airs, there will be a wonderful post about how to uh, support and encourage, if we want to, um, snakes that are beneficial. Excellent. Yeah, thank you so much. Just Thanks. Um, visit the full post at queenofgreen.ca and you'll find uh, the different tips. And um, definitely pick up a wildlife guide for yourself or visit your local um, you know, nature house and organization and, and see what, what does exist in your area and which right. ones you should encourage and which ones you should avoid. <laughs> That's a great idea. Thanks, Lindsay. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Green Divas Heart Wildlife. Please visit thegreendivas.com, that's T-H-E, greendivas.com, to learn more about wildlife, nature, and a whole lot more. Wishing you had a green thumb? or want to learn more about sustainable gardening outdoors and in? Expert green divas and dude gardeners share tips for everything from composting to growing herbs in your kitchen. Listen to the Green Divas Green Thumb for low-stress gardening tips. This is Gardening in Two Minutes. If you are fortunate enough to have an abundance of produce coming out of your garden and you're not quite certain what to do with it, here are some out-of-the-box ideals that may help solve that very fortunate problem you have. If you don't want to save in your produce and just eat it as you need it, then you can definitely donate to a local food pantry, food shelf. Maybe there's something like that at your church. But before you just load your car up and take it in, you want to call ahead and make sure they do take those donations. Dehydrating is another form of saving the produce that you're getting out of your garden. Now you can purchase a dehydrator and or there are also wonderful recipes on how you can dehydrate inside your own oven. Right, so then you can also make baby food and many people don't realize that you can easily make baby food and then you can freeze it for three to five months. And This can be done with a blender. You don't need anything fancy to do that with. If you have winter squash, for example pumpkins or butternut squash or other varieties that can be stored very simply by putting it on a shelf, whether in your basement, crawl space, or root cellar. You can also store them in a cabinet away from the farthest heat source, and they will keep for several months based on the type of produce that it is. You can also do a lot of refrigerator food preserving. Depending on what you're putting in your refrigerator, it can stay good there for three to six months. Such things as refrigerator pickles, pickled beets, cucumbers, zucchini, you can pickle all those, freezer jam, and refrigerator. Many people also freeze items, and there are proper ways to freeze that. You can find that information online. For more ideals, our weekly video productions, as well as our free downloadable digital quarterly magazines, you can find all that information at thewisconsinvegetablegardener.com. For the organic, health-conscious gardener worldwide. For Gardening in Two Minutes, I'm Joey Baird. And I'm Holly Baird. Inspired to grow more organic stuff? We are. To learn more about this Green Diva's Green Thumb episode and all kinds of other great green information, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. The Green Divas get to talk to so many inspiring people who each in their own way is helping us find a deeper shade of green. 
Here's just one of them. Enjoy. Oh, what a thrill, and I'm just a little star-struck green diva right now. <laughs> we get a chance to talk to Alicia Reiner, who is an actress, an activist, beautiful woman who is in one of my very, very favorite shows ever, Orange is the New Black. Yay! Wee. Anyway, Alicia, thank you so much for taking time to give us a call and talk to us about what you're doing. I know that you are a fabulous green mom and green diva, of course. Um, Thank you. So I, you must be incredibly busy. I, um, I know you're a mother. I, we, we, I, we, you mentioned your daughter's name, Livia, which I think is adorable. Yeah. And, and I know Thanks. that's, you know, part of what motivates you, I think. But I'll ask you to answer that. And that's, you know, that that's um, so many of us are motivated because we want our kids to have a healthy. Absolutely. You know, I would say I was always very interested in being green and it was it's always been a real passion of mine, but knowing I was bringing a child into the world, even getting, like, building a home, getting ready for that uh, before she was even conceived, uh, I started becoming a lot more aware, yeah. uh, and particularly about this, the toxins in our world and Ugh. trying to figure out what could I do, how could I help that be as little as possible. Yeah, and I think that um, so many people that for me it was like I really didn't care what uh, you know floor or whatever cleaning products I use, but as soon as I started to think about my baby roaming mm-hmm. around on it and licking it or something, I was like, oh no, no, wait a minute now. Yeah, hey, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So it's it's and it what's really exciting to me is how many green alternatives there are now for super affordable choices. Yeah. So for example, we were. I was at a really awesome uh, party this weekend that I was a, a celebrity host of which, for something called Give Plus Take. And it's a swap store that's like high-end, gorgeous clothes. You bring in your clothes. You switch them for other clothes. I've been a member there for a while. It's really, really fun. Oh, I love it. And we also introduced some brands to some of the swap members. And one of them is something called Ladybug Jane. And they're... Do you remember lip smackers when we were kids? Yes. That, like, smelled fantastic but probably had so many chemicals and colors and scrap <laughs> of them, right? Yeah, and right. And made out of petroleum, essentially gasoline, right? That yeah. That we used to eat because they tasted so good. So this woman has made a green version of that. And they come, you know, my daughter's wearing bubblegum flavor, right? And she loves it. And it's, you know, it's organic you know, shea butter. So if she were to eat it, it's not that big a deal. Um, right, right. So it's it's a really amazing thing what's possible now. And you live in New York City, right? I live in New York and Los Angeles. Oh, well. Mostly in New York City. That's true, In right? New York, we did a, a, a big green renovation uh, that you can see on, on dwell.com. Oh, yeah? Or on Kohler.com, yeah. Dwell Magazine Interesting. Was, uh, really uh, did a video series about it, so it was great. Well, okay. Now, can we sidetrack just for a minute, and, and can you dish? I just want you to go on the record and ease my mind that Orange is the yes. New Black is actually coming back. Yes, it absolutely is. We're shooting season three now. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I was devastated, absolutely devastated when I had heard that it was going 
you know, going yeah. away. And I thought, how could that be? How could that be? Because, like, everybody uh, I know binge-watched it the yeah. next season in yeah, three yeah, days. Yeah. Yeah, no, no worries about that. All right, all right. Just want to check. And um, <laughs> is there anything exciting you can kind of like drop little hints about what's coming? No, up? No, I wish I could. I never know anything until I get my next script. Yeah, they're yeah. Well, they're smart because you know people they are. like people they like sure us are always trying to pry it out of you. <laughs> exactly. They're very secretive. I'm also doing a new show called um, How to Get Away with Murder, which uh, is, stars Viola Davis. Yeah. That's really fun. And uh, similarly, it's all, all top secret. <laughs> wow. And so are you a regular on that series as well? I will be I will be recurring. Um, yeah, we're, wow. we're working it all out. Yeah, yeah I've seen the promos for that, and that looks interesting too. Well, so you're very busy, but see, I love it when yeah. someone like you who is so busy takes the time – to think about how they're impacting the planet because I know it's very easy to think about picking up all kinds of, um, I don't know, I'm just thinking of food, you know, and and, and things that are seem to be more... Yeah, uh, I think, you know, our planet is, is our home yeah. and we have to treat it as such. And, you know, this weekend, along with doing the give, take, swap, I... Um, I also did a beach cleanup with my daughter because I want to teach her, you yeah. know, that we have to take care of this planet. Otherwise, you know, when, I think as a mom, you're always trying to teach what you give, you get back. Yeah. yeah. So when you take care of your planet, your planet takes care of you. Well. And if we don't take care of this planet, it won't take care of us much longer. That's certainly true. So now... Well, you're on these various sets of all these great, fantastic shows mm-hmm. and jobs you're doing. Are there any green things going on that that you can feel there, good about, or do you are, ever? We definitely are recycling, and I'm I'm always buying people water bottles and uh, <laughs> reusable mugs. Um, but it is it is tricky. There, I think that's a place where there's so much more work that could be done, and it that hasn't been a focus of mine yet. I yeah. Think um, quite honestly, there you have to have a certain level of fame yeah, and yeah. Um, celebrity. Right. Yeah. Before you become the annoying really one on. Before you become the exactly. annoying one. On set. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I am not quite ready to be the annoying one yet. Well, and and but you know, and I joke around about being annoying because, of course, um, I do the same thing everywhere I go. I'm like, um, do we need those styrofoam things? No, I don't think so. Here's some mugs. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, that's yeah. the whole thing. It's convenience. And when you're moving at a fast pace, it's very easy to just grab, you know, styrofoam or, or plastic and, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we got to just all start thinking a little bit more. And so exactly. how cool is it that folks like you who are a rising star are taking the time you know, Thanks. to help educate folks and help get involved and also just teach as a mother, teaching your daughter. How old is Livia? She's five. Oh, what a great age. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she's, she's very aware of our environment and what, you know, when when someone offers her food, she'll be like, does this have chemicals in it? Is it organic? You know, and it's, Good it's for really her. Cool. Um. See that's that's a way, and and now it's it's going to be much more. Um, yeah, our children are going to be much more automatically aware of these things. Exactly, exactly. 
Well, um, what else? What else would you like to mention? I know you're going to be at the Emmys. Yeah, it should be really fun. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Is very exciting. And anything else you want to mention before we let you go? Because I know you've got a very busy schedule. Um, no. You know, I feel really blessed that I'm um, I'm working a ton right now. I'm, you know, as you know, I do a lot of fun stuff for the environment. I'm I'm also working with an organization called Plus Pool that's going to create the first floating pool that floats in the Hudson River. Oh, how cool. Um, and it will both clean the water and create community all at the same time. So have a look out for that. Oh, that sounds um, really interesting. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of fun green initiatives. I'm getting excited for Fashion Week. Um, oh, yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to go to some of the green uh, green fashion shows there. So that'll be fun. Yeah, um, and always... now I'm going to go hang with my beautiful daughter and my mom. <laughs> Aw. Well, I really just thank you so much for everything you're doing. Nice. And... Uh, Especially Orange is the New Black. No. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, you know, we wish you luck as, as as things evolve, and we hope that this, one of these days you'll be able to come into the studio and play with us. That would be so fun. That would be Aww. so fun. Well, well, thank you so much for having me, and have a great day. Thanks, Alicia. Hope you enjoyed that as much as they did. Please visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. For more fun podcasts and information on the Green Divas and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. You've been listening to the Green Divas Radio Show. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Swell Radio, and Spreaker. Get social with the Green Divas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Subscribe to the Green Divas YouTube channel to watch them in action. And for all the latest good green news, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com.